Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Street Comics Podcast, starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martini. What if, what if, that is the question we all find ourselves asking so many times in life. What if I had asked Sally out to the prom? What if I had taken that job? I don't know. We're always questioning ourselves, questioning things. But in the world of comics, the question what if is not just an esoteric question. It's an actual comic published by Marvel Comics for the last 20, 30 years in uh, sporadic bursts. Uh, So today I'm going to be joined, as always, as usual, as ever, by my rambling, barely clinging to life, but because he loves you so much is still here, Remzo Martinez. Remzo, what's up? Some things are up. I already know what's up. The bat flu can't get me, bitches. <laughs> it tried. It tried, but it can't. We have tried to tell you. We don't even need to tell you. We have shown you by showing up each and every week. You have not missed a single week, a single Wednesday with a new Second Print Comics podcast since we started the show back in August. Not once, not once, not even this week when my man here, Remzo Martinez, who I've been valiantly teaching to read via comic books over the last several months. Uh, he hooked was, on phonics. He is hooked on these phonics, my friends. He is so dedicated to this cause that this man caught the bat flu. This man is currently, as we speak, inflicted with the couve, with the COVID. And here he is. Remzo, before we get into this, and not only that, he, he, he is out of town. He caught, he caught the COVID flu out of town, the bat flu, whatever you want to call it, and ordered headphones and a microphone delivered to his house from Amazon. Thank you very much, Second Print patrons, so that we could do this episode today and still have at least decent audio quality. Probably not exactly as good as your normal mic, but good enough. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough. Your, your efforts are, should be lauded and applauded. Talk about heroics. Talk about superheroes. The real, the real hero is right here today, my friends. Do I do I feel like I've changed somebody's life? No, but maybe <laughs> little things like that. I uh, I did catch the coof about a week ago, Mark, and the thing that really freaked me out was they said I had COVID-induced pneumonia, and I've never had pneumonia in my life. 
So to go from, you know, I think I've got a fever to I can't really breathe. It's been a it's been kind of hectic. And, you know, as you know, me, uh, I don't like to not work. So the first thing I had to do was I had to cancel a bunch of client calls. I had to cancel a bunch of interviews. My other show on the run, uh, you know, that's kind of a different situation. So luckily, my good friend Brian Nichols was able to go ahead and fill in for me for those monologue shows, which I can't necessarily pull through right now. But there was no way I could leave the second print nation down. Like I I just can't do that. I can't live with myself if I did that. And we don't, uh, we don't talk about our other work too much on the show. We try to keep the show about this show, but if you're a fan of what we do here, if you're a fan of our work, go over and listen to Remzo's podcast as other podcasts on the run. It's a fun show. It's sometimes political, but usually not too much. And usually, and it's, I think people will enjoy it regardless of their, of their stance on, on what have you. So, uh, try and have a good time. Encourage the man. This man's making things happen. The man's got the bat flu and he's coming over here to talk about comics, not even comics, but what if comics, things that didn't even happen in a world where things didn't really happen because we're already reading fiction, but this is like fiction within fiction. It's, 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 uh, it's fiction writers writing fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. It's professional writers writing fanfic professionally, I guess, or something. That's the best way to put it. That is. You know, oftentimes I used to go online and read like some of the fan fiction for, you know, different movies and stuff like that. And uh, really, you've got a large swath of people who they might not be, like I would say, diehard comic book fans, but they love the what if title that came from Marvel and they love the Elseworlds that came from DC. Because what that really showed was that you can take these characters in so many directions, and some won't be great, some won't be. But the big question of what if, I mean, it allows your imagination to go in some weird directions. Yeah, and I feel like, man, there couldn't be a bigger gap when you're talking about kind of looking at alternate realities or or possible futures or, you know, non-canon, non-continuity stories between the approach to the DC Elseworlds stories and these what if books that we're going to look at some of today. Cause what if I always feel like what if was kind of a, a lighthearted book, uh, not always silly, sometimes silly, sometimes insane as we're going to see a little bit later on. Uh, but I, 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 they never felt too heavy, too serious. Whereas the Elseworlds, I feel like, uh, you get a lot more in depth, a lot more kind of like, like serious looks at, at alternate versions of these characters. Whereas what if always felt more sort of, eh, let's have fun with this for an issue and, and move on kind of thing. Yeah, I always treated What If kind of like the Twilight Zone, Mm -hmm. and Elseworlds was really kind of like its own thing, as you mentioned, because they're not just setting up one singular story, they're setting up worlds within these stories, whether they're a couple issues or whether they're uh, not. What they really try and do is, I think they really tried to outdo What If in a way, which in some ways, I mean, has lasted. I mean, Superman, Red Sun, Gotham by Gaslight, we're talking about big classics here, big stories that people really do love. Whereas with what if, um, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You can really just focus on the stories themselves and divert them in a way in which the whole thing could drastically change. So because of that, you're dealing with more, I would, you know, I don't know if I'd say lighthearted, but you're definitely dealing with a world that feels less serious versus a world that feels like you're really dealing with a place where the repercussions matter. And sometimes you want a little bit of one or the other, uh, for me, I mean, I always lean to what if because, uh, you know, the storytelling was a little bit more condensed. I feel like they could be a little bit more ridiculous when it comes to things. And ultimately, whether you're going to see this show up in canon or non-canon stories again, it's just a good story. 
Ridiculous is in, in indeed a word that will come back, I think, uh, at least describing one of these stories that we're going to be looking at. But yeah, I mean, to me, what if always felt more accessible because you could just pick up an issue, jump in, jump out. There's no continuity in what if it's just a one time kind of have fun with the story, whereas diving into an Elseworld story, uh, while often rewarding because there's some great stories out there, um, uh, it's a little more of a commitment. You got to kind of really decide I'm going to sit down and, and dive into this universe. Whereas what if you can just kind of, Hey, do give a little, how's your mother and get on out of there. You know what I yeah. Mean? I bought uh Batman elseworlds volume one about three, four months ago. I mean, the stuff is good, but the stuff is deep. Like with a, what if volume, you could collect maybe 60 issues and you can get through it in like a couple of hours. Those Batman Elseworld stories, and we're just talking Batman. We're not talking about all the other stuff they've done over the past 30 years. That stuff is hard. Hard indeed. Well, we're not going to be so hard here today. We're going to try to keep things a little lighthearted. Uh, I think it's it's somewhat appropriate. It's, no, it's never appropriate that you have COVID, but uh, it's somewhat appropriate that at least... Please, uh, laugh at my pain. Th the timing worked out that we have a, a less intense episode today. We really wanted to take a little a little bit of a break um, from the standard, truly, truly deep dive on a, on a series or a story and uh, just look at this What If series overall. And uh, Remzo and I each picked out a couple of our, uh, a couple What If stories that we sort of remember from over the years to look at and then one one that we're going to save for the end and I'm not even going to say anything else about it right now because I just I don't want to give anything away. Good idea. Yeah, Good idea. For the best, for the best. So, we're going to start off with uh my pick. My first pick was this is an issue we actually referenced in the Deadpool episode, which I think was I want to say episode 9 or 10 way back. Some something like that. Anyway, if you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to the entire entire run of second print comics i know we have a lot of new fans coming on uh our good friend jim over at weird science has been a, sending a lot of you our way and we i love really, you jim we really do appreciate that um man let me tell you jim this guy likes the show i can i i, I can tell you listen to i want jim to narrate my life yeah can you <laughs> I think Jim knows the show better than better than we do. And yes, um, the man, the man can talk. The man can talk us up. Thank you, Jim, for all of our fans listening right now. Uh, if you have somehow not heard the Weird Science DC Comics, they have a DC Comics podcast, a Marvel Comics podcast. They do a Star Wars podcast. Uh, you got to check out everything they're doing because they're just crushing it. It's insane. If you think we put out a lot of content, uh, we put out a pretty good amount of content, a weekly show, decent amount of bonus content. We got WandaVision recaps coming. We got Remzo rants. Uh, it honestly completely pales in comparison to what uh, Jim and crew are doing over at Weird Science. So check it all out, my friends. Do it. In the meantime, we're going to dive into a little what if story. This is what if number 31 from February 1st, 1982. You know what kills me about this, Mark? What? I saw this in near mint condition at a store in 2015 for $5 and I didn't buy it. Is this a, a valuable issue? Yes. Really? This one is up, I think, upwards of a hundred dollars near men. Really? Yeah. So and I passed on it for five bucks because I was cheap. So what? Okay. So what makes a what if? What gives value to a what if issue? Because typically a, a comic that gets value is one. Well, as we know, supply and demand. It's it's a combination of a, a book that maybe a lot of people didn't have at the time it came out or weren't getting at the time it came out with some sort of milestone. Typically, typically it's the first appearance of a character or a number one of an issue or the first time an artist drew a character, something like that. What brings the value to a book like this? So it brings a value to a what if title is three things. One, what is the story? <laughs> you really had an answer ready for this. I actually do. I actually you guys do. got a three part answer. All right, go on. 
Um, so, so the first thing is what story are they covering? Uh, this, you know, this, what we're about to cover is the first appearance of Wolverine fighting the Hulk. That's a big seminal issue. Uh, so that's a big one. Uh, third, I'm sorry, second, uh, it's going to be, what is the context of it? Typically deaths and resurrections are the biggest draws for certain stories. Like what if the Phoenix didn't die or what if the vision had killed the Avengers or something like that? So deaths and resurrections are also big. And then third, it's always that random X factor. Who was the artist? How big is the issue? Um, you know, how many different stories were covered in there? There's a there's a what if issue where Wolverine becomes an agent of Shield. I think it's got a few extra backup stories in there, and that's a that's a pretty hefty issue. I think it's like fifty, sixty dollars near mint. Wow. So usually, you know, you, you've got those three things that usually play into whether a what if comic is going to be really sought after or not. Well, according to the cover of this one, of course, I'm reading on Marvel Unlimited. I do not have one of these valuable what-if issues. Uh, it says you can win a Columbia 10-speed racer inside. So maybe that's part of the value. Maybe, maybe people are out there still trying to win this 10-speed. Don't know if that that, that offer is still valid, but one can dream, right? <laughs> you, you can try, right? Collect those coops, my friends. Um, this actually checks probably two of those boxes. Uh, it it has a, a death I guess it does. It yep. has a death of a character. Um, that being the Hulk, as revealed by the title, what if Hulk had killed... What I'm sorry. What if Wolverine had killed the Hulk? And this is based on... Well, I wouldn't say it's based on. It stems from the actual first appearance of Wolverine, which was in an issue of the Hulk way back when. Um, in that issue, Wolverine does not kill the Hulk. They just get into a little scrap and kind of move on with their lives. And Wolverine goes on to join the X-Men. Yada, yada, yada. You kind of know the rest. In this version, however, now this does not check. What was what were the three requirements? It was what you know is it a big story, a death or resurrection, right, and then the some one. random X factor. I would say this one, you know, covers two. It's a big appearance because it's spinning off the first appearance of Wolverine in a Hulk comic. Uh, well, I'm sorry, anywhere, and you know, second, it covers a death. I mean, the Hulk is very much dead. It's a first appearance and a death. Yeah. First thing that struck me about this is. I am used to 90s and beyond Uatu, the Watcher. Um, this is published in 1982. All right. Early 80s Uatu? Not looking too good. He's uh, He's got a really big round head. He looks very different to me uh, just in his sort of body shape and size than the Uatu of, say, uh, you know, what's the last time he appeared? When he got his eye shot out by Nick Fury? Yeah, I'd say so. Looks very different to me. Looks like he, I mean, he looks better now, or he's dead now, but he look, or maybe he came back. I can't keep track. I think he might have come back already at some point. It's comics. Does it even matter who's dead? <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, but anyway, Fat Uatu is narrating this. So the, so the typical structure of what if stories, basically, and this, this changes as we get into some of Remzo's stories, as we'll see, but basically Uatu the Watcher is this cosmic being who is tasked with just recording everything that happens in the universe. Um, and uh, this Watcher is, uh, he, he's not allowed to interfere, although, of course, in the comics he has interfered before because comics, uh, but generally he just watches and observes. And in the What If series, he basically serves as your Rod Serling to in the if we're doing the Twilight Zone analogy, and he guides the best way to describe. He it. basically says, "I see everything in this reality, but I can also see some things in some other realities. So why don't we take a little peek into one of these other realities?" So that's that's basically the setup for every issue of What If, uh, at least until the 2000s when they decided to do some weird stuff. This is not one of the ones we're gonna do today. In one of the issues, though, at least one, maybe there might be more than one. Brian Michael Bendis is actually 
actually The Watcher. Have you read any of those? What are you talking about? Yeah, this is a real thing that I did in my thorough research that I did for this What If episode. I, that is completely new to me. Yeah, they, they changed the in one of yours we're going to get to. He's not. It's not Uatu either. It's like uh, some hacker, cyber hacker who hacks into other dimensions. Yeah, the uh, idea of changing the narrator has become a more recent thing, but yeah. I would I, I would like to see... Brian Michael Bendis be the watcher for one. Well, go track down that that happened. You can you have the power. It's probably on your Marvel Limited app. I don't know what issue it is, but it's it's in one of these two thousands uh, issues where he's yeah, actually he. But he's as much Brian Michael Bendis. It's like he oh. is the narrator. He's you know not wearing I mean? the cape or anything. He doesn't look like a giant you know, flying I space read it, so gerber. I, baby. I can't tell you. Maybe yeah, we'll right. have to track that one down. Maybe I can find it out by the, by the time we get to the end of this uh, end of this episode. We'll see. Anyway, moving on. So this first one we look at, this is, again, What If number 31. I think this is What If Volume 2, actually. I think the first series in the 70s, and there was a second one that started here in the 80s. Uh, this is What If Wolverine Had Killed the Hulk. Uatu is narrating, and uh, he basically uh, is setting it up by saying, you know, on his first mission, uh, well, not, not his first mission ever, but the first time we see him in the comics, Wolverine is uh, tasked with um, going after the... He's actually sent to go after the Wendigo, who is battling with the Hulk. Um, but in this version... Uh, let's see what I don't like about this already off the bat is they really just skip to Wolverine just killing the Hulk and they really don't make make anything out of it they almost seem like Wolverine could just easily kill the Hulk because he just does on the second page there's just a little bit of a skirmish and then Hulk is dead and then the the rest of the story kind of just stems from that well I mean look feel bad for the Wendigo because he's a pretty badass guy and it's like you see him in the first page he gets two panels here he get yeah, I mean he gets two panels because the next page he's just dead on the floor and it's like you didn't even get to see Wolverine kill him. Yeah, I mean same with I guess you see Wolverine do one big blow with both of his claws and then and then Hulk's dead. It's just that easy. And man, this is so much different from the Hulk we're getting nowadays with with Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk, where he can literally have his head explode and he can still be come back to life. Uh, not so, I guess back back in this in this weird dimension that uh, Fat Iwato is guiding us through. So Hulk's dead. Wolverine's thrilled. He says, he's dead. I did it. I beat the Hulk. He's very, he's very chippy, this Wolverine. So of course there are all sorts of news reports, heroes, the Avengers are reacting. Uh, the Fantastic Four is reacting. Uh, of course, um, Betsy, Betty Banner is very upset, somewhat being consoled by her dad. Um, Man, what is his first name? Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt Ross. Thank you. Of course his first name is Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt he Ross. why not? And uh, yeah, he's he's actually he's consoling her. But we also get some thought balloons where he's like, rest in peace, Banner. You deserve it. He's actually not that he's not that really happy. Or maybe he is. Maybe he's kind of respectful. Maybe he's saying, all right, this thing's over. It's done. I don't need to be bitter about this thing anymore. About this I just don't trust months. men with mustaches. Yeah. So that happens. And then we see we basically see the um, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants just to remind us that they exist in this story. And then this is what's weird. This is the, the weirdest thing about this issue. The whole thing is like, what if Wolverine, what if Wolverine kills the Hulk? So Wolverine kills the Hulk and he goes off and basically his life spirals out of control. Cause what ha- happens here is he ends up getting into a fight at this bar and he ends up killing the guy. He slices the guy open and murders this guy who in just what should have been just a regular bar fight. And then he goes back to, uh, let's see. He goes back to James McDonald Hudson, his immediate superior. Wasn't that one of Wolverine's pseudonyms as well. I'm not sure. I think he's a part of Alpha Flight at this point. Um, yeah, James James Hudson is the is the Guardian, aka the Vindicator. Ah, huh, look at you. 
This is why you're here. So yeah, this guy, the Guardian, the Vindicator, whatever. Wolverine's like, hey, I just killed this guy. Uh, you guys got to help me out. He's like, yeah, uh, I'll help you out. We just gotta, we just gotta take you into custody, and uh, we'll take your statement. And he's like, whoa, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Screw this. So Wolverine bolts out of there, and then this whole thing is basically Wolverine kind of going to the dark side, going on the lamb, um, take being taken in by the brother by Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. But the what's so strange about this issue to me is that. The whole thing really, it the fact that he killed the Hulk, it, it happens, but it's kind of irrelevant. Like, like th- this whole spiral really comes from Wolverine killing this guy at the bar, and that's why he's on the run. That's why everyone hates him. That's why he becomes a bad guy. That's why Magneto. Uh, so basically, this is almost like, it's also parallels kind of what did happen in Ultimate X-Men. So basically, Magneto recruits Wolverine and then sends him to the X-Men to go undercover. So that's what happens here as well. But that's the, but that's the dumb thing about this, because one... It's one of many I mean, Wolver- Wolver- Yeah, I mean, Wolverine's been around long enough. We know that he's killed a lot of people, too. You're telling me that because he kills one person, one, someone who it's like he didn't even give a shit about, now he's losing his ability to keep control of his temper? Yeah, that, that's basically... I guess they're, they're trying to say this started with he went overboard and killed the Hulk... And then that led to him unable to control himself, which also led to him killing this guy at the bar, which led to him being taken in by the Brotherhood what, of the Moon. What, what year was this? this 82 was is when this is published. 82. So, yeah, we're still dealing with, like, what I call the Wolverine Dark Years. So there's still a lot we don't know about him. Is this before anyone d- liked Wolverine? Is, is that what it is? Because they're really not making him out to be that cool of a character in this at all. I don't know. They they had an opportunity to a really great Wolverine versus Hulk battle, which people really want to spend money on. And that's what I was expecting when I was getting this. So the fact that's going on, it's like this weird Wolverine psychological journey into him <laughs> trying not to just murder people. Uh, I'm not digging it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very disappointed, I will say, by this issue. I don't know how we're going to grade things. Maybe we could just do quick grades on every issue. Uh, but but yeah, basically what happens is Magneto recodes Wolverine. Wolverine goes and joins the X-Men, uh, just like what happens in, in Ultimate X-Men. And I wonder if that was inspired somewhat by this. What do you think? Probably oh, not. I, mean, I, I hope not. I, I, say, I just assume that everything influences each other in comics. Well, that's true. That's you can't true. escape it. Yeah, so he becomes an evil mutant who is undercover and lo and behold, as you might imagine, he actually uh, begins to have second thoughts. This might shock you. Starts to get the hots for Jean Grey in this process as well. Dun, dun. <laughs> Which always just that that is a constant among every reality. Uh, Wolverine is always trying to get on Jean Grey. That is a fact. Um, so Magneto shows up, though, once he realizes basically they do an attack on the X-Men because Wolverine had destroyed some. Uh, I think he messed with some circuitry or something. He destroyed some circuitry with his claws that allowed the Brotherhood of Evil Mutant to get into the mansion uh but wolverine had his change of heart in the midst of the battle uh and ends up attacking magneto uh during the battle and then magneto lashes out at wolverine and kills wolverine (laughs) so after and it looks like magneto might be dead too uh so basically all that happens all because wolverine lost his temper and killed the hulk which led to him killing a dude in a bar, which led to him joining the Brotherhood of Evil, Evil Mutants. It all just leads to him dying shortly thereafter and, and not living very well, long. I mean, what's stupid is, and oh my God, like this is, that's not even, that's not, that's not how you kill Wolverine though. No, it's really not. He All that Magneto did is he had Wolverine take his own claws, with, which he can control the adamantium of, and shove it into his own throat. Uh, and you don't see any blood because this is 80s Marvel. But this is, this actually does happen in a story that we'll look at not too far down. It's on the agenda. Fatal Attractions, uh, a 90s X-Men crossover where Magneto 
pulled the adamantium out of Wolverine, pulled it out of his bones. Wolverine doesn't die in that issue, but man, that that's how you kill Wolverine if you're Magneto. You don't if just, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it right. If you're gonna do it, you do it right. You don't just have him stab himself with the uh, with the Wolverine adamantium claws, which is just everything about this was lame. Everything about this issue was lame. Hulk's death, lame. Wendigo's death, even lamer. Like you said, poor Wendigo. He doesn't. He doesn't even get a murder. He's an afterthought. He's just laying there. I guess he's dead. They don't even say. He's just on the ground, not moving. So I guess he's dead. Looks like Magneto dies. Wolverine dies. All of this happens, I guess, just because of this. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that that this is only this half is a, the issue. This is, a, this is an example of them. Good ideas gone bad. Good ideas gone bad. Because what I want from this when I first read it, I wanted to see a big fight. I want to see it worth it. I don't want to see all this other shit that happens, which is just to- so totally irrelevant. Yeah, very strange. I did not read this backup story. But uh, this is the backup story. And what already strikes me, maybe it's just different artists, different interpretations of this character. In this very same issue, this Iwatu looks totally different. He's big. He's shredded. He's, he's shredded. This is shredded Iwatu. This is like powerlifting Iwatu. Whereas earlier in this very same issue, we have big, fat, useless Iwatu. So I guess flying Gerber, baby, I guess there's just not that much editorial oversight about how you're supposed to draw Iwatu's body. He can be big and he can be Mr. Clean. He can be big and muscular. He can look like a fat little baby. It it doesn't matter, I guess. As long as he's bald, I think uh, the editors are happy. That's what it seems like. But there is a backup story uh, about whether there was what if there was no Fantastic Four. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed this. Um, I said I didn't read it, but now I'm reading. I'm like, oh, I I did read. I did read this. (laughs) It was so memorable that I I, I read it. But I actually enjoyed this more than I don't know if you read this half of it, but I I enjoyed this more than the main story. Uh, Basically, it's a it's the Fantastic Three because the same origin story. They get their powers from cosmic radiation, except Thing is so angered by what he looks like that he actually just turns on the team and leaves and kind of just goes bad and that leads to you know a chain of events uh, as well so uh i found that way more interesting than than the story of, with just of wolverine just going bad because he happened to kill the hulk yeah i mean i would say the same thing because it's one of those situations where it's like don't get too disconnected from the question and i feel like with hulk uh i'm sorry wolverine killing hulk they completely ignore what the what if is because the what if isn't supposed to just be what happens if that happens. It should be what if it happens, how would it happen, mm-hmm. why would it happen, and what happens as a result. Instead, they skip the first two, and they immediately go off into this tangent of a story, which is as bland as they come. Yeah, and this is the one that's worth like 100 bucks, I guess. Because I think it's because the cover alone. I mean, I think the X factor for this is that, you know, let's look at the characters. Hulk and Wolverine. At this point, they're they're leading Marvel sales at that point. So I mean you still put you put the Hulk and Wolverine on anything because of their shared history, it's gonna sell. Yeah. All right. So now we move on. We're gonna head over to one of your issues now, Remzo. I'll try to do maybe a little of the setup for you, just to take take a little of the talking off your plate here so we can save you f- for next week. Keep Gracias. this thing going. Keep this thing going. You got plenty of Remzo rants to do still. So uh this one is uh, when was this published? Let's see. I'm not exactly sure. I 2005. 2005, right around when Remzo was getting into comics. Um, so were you reading these? Did you read some of these as they came out? Or was this something you just kind of picked up some of these after the fact? I, I picked up a ton of what if comics. There used to be a place in my hometown service called Phoenix Comics. 
they're not around anymore, but they used to do a buy two, get one free off the back cover, off the back issue rack. So I just went crazy, and I remember this was one of the ones I was able to pull off because uh, I was not too aware of what if, but I do know, I did know that one, they weren't in canon, and two, this is where you could see some of the wildest versions of your favorite characters. So, and this one, just because of the way that the Fantastic Four looks, I mean, one, you know, this is not your, your grandpappy's Fantastic Four. This is some crazy wild shit. You're not even just dealing with, you know, them and uh, communist Russia. You're dealing with some different outright characters, and you're dealing with some crazy power sets. So that's what, that's what really caught me when it came to this one. Yeah, indeed. And before we get into the story itself... I referenced this earlier. This is not Uatu the Watcher. This is someone that goes by the screen name, the Watcher. They give us a whole like three page setup for this guy. And he's basically <laughs> there's so much wrong with this. <laughs> I'm just going to read this one. This one paragraph. I, I, this is, I don't even know where to start. I'll start at the beginning. He- it says the Watcher. Hector Espejo, pleased to meet you. Hey, you can assemble my life just by looking at the pictures. You're not going to be far off the mark. This is our house in Silicon Valley. My dad works for Bill Gates, and he was a millionaire at like 25. All right, stop. Hold. You don't become a millionaire by working for someone. Like, hardly ever. Like, no one has a million-dollar salary. That's not true. Not not nobody. But most people do not. I, I would refer, I would even imagine most people that work for Microsoft, even at the highest executive levels, pr- do not have a million-dollar salary, let alone are millionaires after taxes and everything. Maybe these aren't the things I should be thinking about in the setup to this issue, but it's the You bought GameStop recently, didn't you? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I might own a share or two. You know why, Remzo? I like the stock. I like the stock, uh, but anyway, to the moon, Mark. They, to the they moon. give us they give us like two pages of this of this guy hiding in his room from his parents, pretending he's doing homework. Um, and I guess in this reality, so this reality he's looking at, he basically he uses his hacking to look at the internet of other realities and see what's going on. So he's like, we kind of see him looking at one where uh, Bill Gates wins the second term of, of the presidency and pushes his climate control agenda. <laughs> Interesting headline there, um, and then he clicks on an article. Origins of the space race. So this is another world uh, where Stalin authorized manned space flight back in 1951. He's like, oh, that's interesting. So then he says, I start I start looking for the anomaly and I find out him and he sees a picture of what we would see, what it looks like to us as Reed Richards. That is not his name. We'll get to that. Um, this is the question being posed is what if the Fantastic Four were cosmonauts, if they were um, Russians? in the height of the cold war or the beginning of the cold war, I guess would be 1951. Um, so, but it's not our fantastic four. It is not the fantastic four. We know and love. In fact, the only, uh, similarity they have is that they have Reed Richards, but his name is not Reed Richards. What is it? It's Rudd. Rudd. (laughs) I don't even remember his last Russian name. I just remember Uh. they keep calling him Rudd. And I'm like, is that even Russian? Yeah, it's like, I don't know if you're supposed to say Rudd or Rude or what have you, but this Fantastic Four is is a a series of people that were chosen by Stalin to go into space for this mission, and they are um, Piotr Rasputin, who is better known as Colossus. Of course, he is not, should not be alive in 1951, but we're just playing here. We're just playing with alternate realities. Don't think too hard about this stuff. Of course, his sister Magic as well. Uh, I think, what's her name? Katya? Ilyana. 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 Ilyana, Katya, whatever. There's 
two it's names. The same. It's there's all two Russia. possible names of Russian women. I guess the the other one. Uh, no, there's a third one because the third one is Natasha Romanov, better known as Black Widow. So the Fantastic Four is Magic Colossus. Black Widow and Reed Richards or Rudd Richards, I should say. Um, yeah. So these guys, they go on the same, basically the same kind of space mission, get similar kind of powers. Well, they actually have like similar powers to what they have now, sort of like magic's powers are kind of similar. Colossus seems to be basically the same guy as does Reed. Uh, Black Widow is the only one. She didn't really have powers too much. I guess maybe she has a little serum of some kind in the Marvel universe, but in this she has. Dra- it's drastically different because drastically now she's like, She's like an energy projection. Yeah. She's like thing. Jenny Sparks. So yeah, that's the best way to put it. Like she's she's the human torch of the group without the fire. Human torch without the fire. Just that's just the human then. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It turns out it. that Rudd Richards. <laughs> oh God, my. it sounds so strange when we say it out loud. He was the son of an American and something. So his father, it turns out, was actually still being held. So at the end of this issue, it was being held in prison. So he actually goes to to visit his father, who's being held in prison, I guess. Yeah, so he was an American GI who got with a Russian commoner. And eventually, I guess he stayed and he was put in the gulag. Yeah. So then Stalin decides to send the Fantastic Four to Cuba. And now we basically are replicating the the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. But instead of missiles... We are looking at the Avengers. They're being seen as the weapon of mass destruction. And instead of, you know, instead of, fi- like, you know, pointing missiles at each other, we're pointing the Fantastic Four at the U.S. And they're sending the Avengers to intercept the Fantastic Four. So it's they're basically setting up the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, but replacing the nuclear weapons with these two superhero teams. Uh, so they get into a little bit of a battle. We see Giant Man. We see the Wasp. We see these These all seem to be, you know, fairly standard versions uh, of those characters. But what, what did you just think of this giant battle overall between the uh, the cosmonaut Fantastic Four and the, I guess, 1950s version of the Avengers? I mean, they're definitely playing up the political angle because I don't even think it's Captain America. It's like Colonel America or something. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they're really being used as Cold War weapons. Which is really how how things are, I think, better shown in like the DC universe, uh, where during that time, like the Justice Society, you know, one minute they're fighting Nazis, next minute they're fighting communists. So to actually see it in this in this kind of Marvel sense, uh, I, I liked the battle. I mean, it's I don't think it's the best drawn type of thing, but these are the type of questions, these are the type of scenarios I want to see. So I was pretty happy with it. And so what happens here is they kill somebody dies in the battle. Um, who, oh, I think it's is it Iron Man that dies in this battle? No, they they kill. Well, well, they kill Giant Man. Yeah, they kill. Then they then then Ileana ends up dying, and that's that's and just the, okay. So it's yeah. the, it looks like Natasha is okay. She like tears Iron Man apart. It seems like anyway, Rudd now is very much regretting. He's like Gen- oh, General America. That's what his name is. <laughs> that's like that's a so super, super super supermarket. <laughs> um, yeah. So he basically is like, stop. You know, stop this. this is, we gotta stop this. We're both being we're both pawns here. Um, and and then let's see. He's taking so he's opening up a hole in space. That's how his power works, I guess. Rudd Richards can open up a hole in space to to send his folks back to Russia because they just 
just realized they're basically being used by the Politburo. Um, you know, we they say he comes back and he brings the whole team back and he's like, um, except for yeah, Ileana died. We gave we gave you our loyalty. We didn't invite you to take our honor. You use us for indefensible purposes. You've turned the revolution into a festival of criminals and clowns. And uh, basically, they say like, I didn't, I did not summon you here, Commander. And he says, yeah, and and yet here we are. I think Trotsky was right after all. I think the revolution has to be fought afresh every day by every one of us. And but he's he says, you know. They say we should just kill him, and and Red says Natasha. Now a regime, a regime that sustains itself by violence and murder, it can never be right. It can never be the paradise that we we were promised. So Reed's saying, look, we're not going to be like them. We're not going to kill them. And uh, Natasha just says, sorry, Red. I disagree. I was trained by the KGB. Violence and murder are the tools I'm most comfortable with. And she smokes these mofos. She smokes this whole room of Politburo dudes. And that's some Watchmen level shit right there. Yeah. So they're dead, and uh, so now they are basically going to try to help Russia be be good again, make Russia Too great communist. again. communist. We're going to make Russia great again, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess they had they wrote their own manifesto. So now we have a world where Reed Richards, Rudd Richards, I'm sorry, Natama, Natasha Romanoff, and Pyotr Rasputin are the Fantastic Three and also the heads of Russia or something. As things happen in communist Russia. <laughs> That's our story. What if... And for some reason, we have to get a little another thing of this nerd watcher, like going to bed. And then we see now this is so weird. He, he says he, he basically just like goes to bed. And then we see he says, when life pushes, you push back against it and find a way to go where you need to go. And then we see an image of you the watcher like in the sky. So I, I don't know what's supposed to be going the on watcher here. Watcher watching the watcher. I guess. Yeah. The watcher. Yeah. That is what it is. The watcher is watching this other watcher. I don't know why they didn't just stick to the format here. So, so you want to know what my theory is? Yes, I would love to. My theory is the kid, the watcher, Hector, is actually talking with Owatu. Oh. Oh. I think they're actually friends on the same AOL chat room. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, that's why you see Owatu in the sky kind of watching down. It's like, oh, look, that kid's using my name. Let me tell him some crazy shit from across the galaxy. So Yuati just got bored and decided to turn this nerd into some other watcher by showing him alternate realities on a message chat. Hey, man, everyone needs a hobby. Works for me, dude. Totally works for me. Um, So that's this. We didn't rate the first. How do we want to do this? Should we rank these? I forgot to rate the last episode, uh, last issue with Wolverine. Let's let's give us a quick. Why don't we do a quickie ranking on both? Don't read it. (laughs) Don't read it. I, I would I would say that you know the the first one's not the best example, but for some weird reason it's one of the most overhyped issues. Uh, I, I would say, well, I won't say don't read it. I will say that it's uh, you know for art, and we didn't talk too much about the art. I thought the art was pretty atrocious, even by the standards of the time. Yeah, it's 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 really the art was way better on the the second story, the Fantastic Four story. Yeah, so for the first one, I'm going to give the art the art a two, and I'm going to give the story a two. So I'm giving it a four out of 10. Uh, I'm just going to give an homage to our weird science friends and give it a fuck you five. It just seems appropriate. Trademark and copyright. I could dig it. So not nine out of 20. Yeah. Nine out of 20. Sure. That's, that's pretty bad. And then this one, boy, uh, well, I, I, I did actually find I this. was, I was more impressed. Like there's For like, sure. you, you, you didn't gloss over too much, but there's a lot of stuff in here that really makes it a thick, concise story. I liked the the art. I'll give the art a three and I'll give the story a three, you know, a six. I think a six is a good weekend afternoon kill reading time killer. You know, like that's it's humble. It's what you read when you're 
waiting for something to barbecue and the weather's nice and you're like, oh, I'll take a comic outside and read this to kill some time. Yeah, if you're going to read one of these first two that we discussed, I would definitely read this Cosmonauts one. I think it's it's definitely more interesting just despite how much I don't like this like Hector Espejo hacker watcher guy. Uh, just, I just want such Uatu. a hater, such a hater. I just want fat Uatu or powerlifter Uatu. I want some version of Uatu. And for some reason, I got to get this nerd. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I would say, oh, what do I, I would give this one. Oh, why don't we say art's a little better. Give the art a three story. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll give it a six, three and three. Yeah, a six Readable. is solid. It's respectable. Respectable. Exactly. So we now move on to uh, my second pick. This one. It was published in May 1993, not too long after a story we looked at, uh, what, say, four episodes ago, I'm going to say? Pretty sure. Episode 23, I want to say, is when we looked at the Infinity Gauntlet. Now, in this episode, in this episode, in this issue, this is What If number 49 from May 1993. I think this is What If... Are we on volume... This might be volume two. There's so many volumes of What If. It's hard to keep track. But anyway, it's number 49 from May. They, they get lazy at one point. They just start making everything issue one. Oh, yeah. In the 2000s, it's just, every, it's just an issue. Like, everything's yeah. just an issue. Yeah, they just gave up altogether all on trying to make it a series. Uh, but in this, so if you will recall, uh, when the uh, in, during the Infinity Gauntlet series, again, I believe that to be Second Print Comics, episode 23. I'll try to check. I'll try to fact check this at some point uh, while we're while we're working here. But uh, in that episode, <laughs> oh, you did it! I did. Holy fuck, you did it! I did. In that Good episode, job. we discuss the fact that um, when they are trying to take down Thanos, take away the Infinity Gauntlet from him in that series. At one point, Adam Warlock and the Silver Surfer are just chilling and waiting for the opportune moment. They get what seems like the opportune moment, so that Warlock sends in the Silver Surfer to grab the Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos. So, the problem is that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in the continuity. Silver Surfer whiffs on that, screws the whole thing up, and a bunch of other stuff happens in Infinity Gauntlet. But in this issue in this alternate reality we're going to look at what would happen if silver surfer was successful so in this version he actually does snatch the infinity gauntlet off of thanos and he actually puts it on because uh, now so now warlock here in the original continuity warlock's plan even when silver surfer got the gauntlet his plan wasn't to get the gauntlet and put it on his plan was to get the gauntlet and give it to warlock because warlock thinks he's the only one that should be allowed to have the power uh the only one that could you know i don't know that isn't too evil, isn't too good, and can just be trusted with it. So Surfer, though, he has it. And he's like, and Warlock's like, all right, come on, cough it up, give it over. And Surfer's like, no, the gauntlet represents ultimate power. Such responsibility I can trust to no one. No one but myself. And Warlock says, no, you mustn't. And then even Thanos, Thanos is very concerned now. He's like, the power isn't meant for you. I love when Thanos gets concerned. I love how as soon as Thanos loses the gauntlet, he's just a good guy. He's just on their team because he's like, well, I don't have it. So I guess I'll team up with you to stop the guy that has it because... I don't have it. Yeah, it just seems so wrong. But Surfer Surfer gets the gauntlet. Yeah, my, my favorite thing from the Infinity Gauntlet episode is when they're, uh, well, the Infinity Gauntlet series, which we discuss in the episode. I was not using it improperly there. Uh, is when, you know, they take the, they, they get the gauntlet, like Nebula gets the gauntlet from Thanos, and then they're all go back to Doctor Strange's house to, to uh, regroup. And Thanos is just like chilling in a chair. Like, like what you were, do we do like, now, like, friends? Like, yeah, like, like 10 minutes ago, he was like suffocating Cyclops inside of like a, a box. He was, yeah, he had, he had ripped like uh, Wolverine's adamantium out. He had done all this crazy shit, killed a bunch Dude, of people. Do you know who I figured? You know who I figured out Thanos is? Who? He's John Kreese from the Karate Kid. 
<laughs> That's not bad. He's the ultimate. Come on, sweep the leg. And he can't like, let anything he... go. No, he doesn't. He really does not let grudges go. Doesn't matter if it was uh, between a bunch of high school kids doing karate 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. Grudge is a grudge, and we're going to see this thing through. And that is Thanos' attitude as well. Remember, no mercy. No mercy. And so Surfer first, you know, he, he does the the good thing, he, what, what you'd want him to do. He wants he reverses everything Thanos did, uh, snapping everybody out of existence, killing everybody. So he brings every hero that died back. So this is a good thing, right? Things are going well. Uh, Nova comes back. Quasar comes back. Wait, and, and collectively the fans say, who's Quasar? He was ever gone? Anyway, Iron Man comes back. <laughs> Doctor Doom even comes back. Everybody comes back and everybody's fine. All is as it was. So... What now is the thing? What's going to happen next? Well, the thing is, the problem with the Infinity Gauntlet, at least in this alternate reality and, and in general, is that it go, the power goes to your head. The power can't really be, you know, it can't really be contained. The power of the Infinity Gauntlet essentially changes who you are. Um, so Surfer takes his power and he wants to go around fixing the world. He wants to, he does, he's not content to just reverse what Thanos did. He actually wants to improve things everywhere. So he decides, you know, there's going to be no more disease uh, or illness. The sick are going to be cured. There's going to be no, no more hunger. Uh, you're going to let, by the way, in, the biggest flaw of infinity of Thanos' logic in the Infinity War movies anyway, his whole thing is he wants to get this power because he thinks he needs to eliminate half the universe so that people don't overconsume and or just die. just make twice the shit, man. Just make twice the shit, exactly. You're God. If that's really even a problem, which it's really not, but we don't need to get into that. You're God. If you're, if you're really noble, if you have noble intentions, if your purpose is to save the universe, just make more shit. Just make more food. I don't get it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That is just a little Mark Claire side rant. He's but that's, John Kreese, man. But, no mercy. He's no mercy. That, But essentially, there that's what Surfer is doing. He is he is just making things better. He's saying there'll be no more war, no more hatred. You see a Silver Surfer. You see a Silver Surfer. You see a Skrull and a Kreese shaking hands, doing, giving a bro hug. Uh, things are getting better in the world. And he says, man-made disaster, it's over. That's not happening anymore. Natural disasters, gone. And Thanos, of course, <laughs> his biggest concern is... He's like, well, won't the universe become crowded with peace? Like, isn't that going to be a problem? He's like, will there be no room for death? And he's like, well, of course there'll be death, but she will not be as she was. And then she brings in Lady Death, and she's not this scary-looking skeleton lady. She's like this sexy Lady Death. He's like, hey, look at death now. Death is this beautiful thing now. And Thanos, she got like, a hobby. She ready pray love. And Thanos is like, I do not like this at all. <laughs> like, like She's Thanos a healthy, independent woman. <laughs> no! Exactly. She has a career. She has a, her own job. Uh, she don't no, need no man. No, this is not the death that I need. Uh, and then Silver Surfer says, uh, there is only one task yet left to perform in the realm of Mephisto. He says, show yourself, liar prince. Did you did you think I would not notice you fleeing the platform? Because, of course, Mephisto uh, was there in the original Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, he says, I will rename you. I'll transform you into a useful, productive being. And, and Mephisto just says, uh, not interested. And he says, how dare you? And then he basically gets into this battle with Mephisto and just kills him, just destroys him, I guess I should say. He just, Mephisto spews fire at him, Surfer takes his life. And then War and, and Thanos is shocked. He says, oh my God, he just, first of all, why is Thanos shocked? He just killed all these people. But anyway, Mephisto is destroyed utterly. And then, and Warlock remarks, and without remorse. And uh, so, and, and then Surfer kind of lashes back. He's like, and what of it? So what? Okay, we got pause. We yeah. got pause. All right. 
we we have to we have to address this question because okay, I think it. Mephisto has caused us more confusion than oh, no. any other person. Again, well, I've never asked you directly. Do you think that Mephisto is the biblical devil in the Marvel universe, or do you think he's just a devil? I don't know, man. <laughs> Based on the Ghost Rider series, he's not the biblical devil because that is right the one that that sends his shards in a hundred places. Lucifer. Lucifer. Is that not the biblical devil? Well, we, we all know because in a recent Ghost Rider series, oh they confirmed that it was Mephisto who was the biblical devil, but you've got a bunch of people saying that's not true. So it's like, my who God. Who are these people saying that? Uh, so you've got the, the, the Ghost Rider writers, I forgot their name at the time, because the series only lasted like eight issues. They're saying that, yeah, Mephisto is the biblical devil. And Marvel editorial was like, uh, we don't think you can say that, but we're not going to say no either. Mm. Hmm. Well, It's in that realm of what if he is, what if he isn't? It's like, ah, you bullshitters. Maybe you we, bullshitters should write, you. we should write a what if story by Second Prince Comics. What if Mephisto really was the biblical devil? Yes, that would be awesome. We'll write, our, we'll write our own what if fan fiction, bitches. If I have to answer, I'll say yes, because why not? We haven't really, I, but I don't know. <laughs> I it don't feels know. weird because it's like he just gets killed so easily. Yeah, like if, he, if he's the, well, then again, if, he, if the surfer is God, he should be able to kill the biblical devil. Ah, uh, true. So, yeah, whatever. But what, what Warlock notes is he did this without remorse. And then, you know, even Surfer starts to realize, oh, no, I don't, I don't wish to be a vengeful god. We, we've had enough of that. Let, let's get out of here. Let, let's regroup. I shouldn't be, shouldn't be destroying people. So they go to, uh, they go to Dr. Strange's house. And uh, now, now basically, no, he, I'm sorry. I messed up. He disappears and he sends Warlock and Thanos. And I was kind of losing it. He just, he just whiffed Mephisto in like two seconds. So, all right. So they, they had some kind of plan, I guess, to, uh, to, to do this. So they go back and <clears throat> they go back and talk to Surfer and Surfer's like, look, I've been thinking about this thing. I've been thinking about my godhood and I, I've reached the conclusion. Like I, I, if I wield this power, if I'm going to really this power, I must truly be God. Like this is my true self. I'm embracing the omnipotence. The universe will be reshaped to suit my divine scheme. He is fully embracing this power. He's going even further than Thanos ever did. Thanos just wanted to kill half the people and kind of move on with his life. And then Thanos says, yeah, Thanos even says you intend to be more of a tyrant than I ever even thought to be. <laughs> and he, and, and warlock just says, you know, we, we can't allow, this nor and he's like well i hoped you'd be wise enough not to oppose me but and then stephen strange shows up luckily it looks like he was about to about to whiff them but stephen strange shows up with shala bal do you know who shala bal is that is norin rad aka the silver surfers first true love First and only true love. And uh, he then takes shala bal and kind of brings her into him and <clears throat> But because she wants to be, he wants to be one with him. He wants to have this life with her. He thinks that their power should be equal. So he makes a Thanos-esque mistake and gives her half his power. So now they are co-equals basically in power. They're basically both God. And, you know, she's she starts to talk to him. She's like, you know, you're no longer the kind and gentle soul that I knew, Norin. And I must oppose you. And she she attacks the Silver Surfer. She goes after him. She's like, "Oh my God, you struck at me! I gave the power to you." He's like, "She's like, look, Norrin, I don't have to. I don't have. To, it doesn't have to be like this." And he says, "Ungrateful witch!" And he bitch slaps Shalabal. Bitch slaps Shalabal with the with the Infinity Gauntlet. Unbelievable. So now they are battling these two now gods. You got full Chris Brown. 
They, he went. She went full CB on her, man. And he 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 realizes. Wait, what? What's going on? Like he knocks her to the ground. He's like, I have to eliminate you. I have no choice. And then she says, I I prayed it wouldn't be like this, but no matter what, you become Norrin. I will always love you. I'll always love you, no matter what. And then that moment, her love, her undying love, even when he is about to strike her down, makes him kind of snap out of it, and he realizes, Oh my God! I no I am- no Norrin hits me because he loves me. <laughs> Essentially, yeah yeah that that's this is kind of messed up. When you look at this in, in modern times, I'm sure when I was 13, this seemed perfectly reasonable. Uh, but Norrin then says, man, I, I've lost my mind. What kind of monster has this made me? Uh, so he reunites with her. I guess all is forgiven about him, about uh, about to, you know slapping her around and striking her down. And uh, he basically says Those rappers, like, girlfriends. He basically says this power should not, you know, basically shouldn't exist. And he whiffs away and says this power will be no more. The gauntlet drops to the ground and the gauntlet no longer has the infinity gems on it. They have been destroyed. And then Thanos just looks at the gauntlet. He says, oh, so close, so very close. And then we see Surfer and Chalabal kind of uh, in an, uh, I guess, like an homage of sorts to what Thanos does in the comics. He goes off to his little little home world when he gets defeated. Um, they go off to this little this little, I don't know, farm of sorts where Shalabal and Norrin Rad are going to now just uh, live a life happily ever after after their, for, after their brief flirtation with godhood. So what do you think about this this issue? This was written by Ron Mars and penciled by um, it has it credits two artists here, Scott Clark, Kevin West neither of which I've heard of, but I thought the art was pretty damn good in this. Yeah, I mean this was, I think this was a real what if story done right, because you know with <coughs> sorry the Koof cough. You're um, I'm not editing with, out your coughs in this episode either because I want I want everyone to be reminded what you are going through to bring them comic book, the comic book talk they they know and know that they love know that they need and know that they love. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> with with the first one of Wolverine, they missed the mark. With the second one, they take us into a completely different realm. For this one, they're really showing us the alternate side to a big story we're already very familiar with. Uh, I think the art was great. I think the story was also really captivating and really original. And, uh, you know, the stakes were high. So for this one, I'm actually going to give it... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the art a 3.5. I'm going to give the story a 3.5. I'm going to give this one a 7. So it's probably got their highest score thus far. I think I'm going to... I think I'm just going to go along with you here. Yeah, I think the art was... A little bit above average, like not the best art I've ever seen, but I think 3.5 is fair, and I think it's it's fair for the story too. It's, it's definitely a better story than the Cosmonauts one. I mean, they really, I think they did a good job of like not going too wild with it. They really focus on the consequence of this specific action. That, that's that's really a throw. Yeah, I mean, that's really a throwaway story. It's what it is. The the Fantastic Four one. Yeah. This one, it feels like if you know when it comes to these big events, do the what if right. And I think this is a great example of how that's done because yeah. I've, I've read others and they, they don't really hit the mark. Yeah. A lot of these, like, like the Hulk one, it just takes an instance and then kind of writes whatever they want from that instance. But like I, that, that Wolverine story could have happened if he didn't, that's why I didn't like it. Cause it, it could have happened if it didn't start with him killing the Hulk. It was kind of just a, a, a relevant, an irrelevant point. Some of the heroes were shocked, but then we never hear about it again. Uh, whereas that, that same story could have been written where Wolverine loses temper and kills a guy at a bar. And that leads to the whole, the exact same story. There was nothing. It felt, it felt, 
divorced of the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. it should have been influenced by the Hulk. Exactly. Whereas this story specifically focuses on one action and one pretty recent event that we had just seen uh, by when this was published and what in- entails from there, and kind of keep it stays encapsulated in within that same story. So I, I really like that it stays focused. Um, it really does show like. I could see, I could see how this could have played out that way. I mean, the the everyone kind of stayed true to characters. Like even in the cosmonaut story, we're 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 calling him Rudd Richards. All these characters are are their facsimiles of characters. We know that exist, who they are, but but they're also different characters. These actually feel like the same characters. You know, the, these feel like like the the Noran Rad I know. This feels like the Doctor Strange, the Adam Warlock, the Thanos that I know. That these they all feel like they're written as the characters would be written, even if this were taking place in the regular Marvel continuity. So yeah. This is definitely my favorite one of the ones that uh, that we've looked at today. So, yeah, I'll, I'll trail right along with you. I'll give this thing a seven. Cool, cool. All right, so we've got, well, we have two more technically. We have one more we're going to look at. This, I believe, I believe you called this your favorite what-if story. Is that correct? This this actually is, yeah. All right. So I don't miss anything in Butcher. How are you feeling? You want to talk us through this one a little bit? Yeah, I'll go ahead and give All a right. quick recap. So this is Iron Man, Demon in a Bottle, basically asking what if. Demon in, ar- Demon in an armor. Demon in an armor. Which is a play on Demon in a Bottle. Demon, yeah, Demon <laughs> in an armor. So basically what we're doing is we're looking back at uh, Tony Stark back in college. He's at prestigious university. If you know anything about Tony Stark biographies, he's usually going to MIT. Uh, he walks into his new room with his roommate, who happens to be Victor Von Doom. Now, if you know one thing about Victor Von Doom, it's that he went to Empire State, where he met Reed Richards. Now, I guess he's going to MIT, or in this case, prestigious university. So they meet each other. They don't get along. You know, Tony is a brash, young, billionaire's kid. Victor is Victor. He's a he's a bit of a dick. And what ends up happening is, um, you know, Tony... Everything just comes easy to Tony, and Victor's working on this big experiment, and Tony's just, you know, trying to give him a little bit of advice, and Victor's just like, man, like, don't you dare give me suggestions. You don't work, you don't show up to class. He ends up taking his suggestion, and he's like, wow, it actually freaking works. So they end up, uh, you know, meeting up, and Victor's like, hey, Tony, you got a minute? And Tony's like, sure, man, what's up? So they end up going into this lab, and basically... uh, Victor's like, listen, I've been borrowing a lot of, you know, quote, borrowing equipment from the from the university, and I'm making this thing which is going to basically uh, combine people's minds together. So Tony's just like, man, this is some wild shit. Of course I want in. <laughs> so they end up becoming partners. Uh, does not end up working out well for Tony. Tony ends up sitting in the chair, and what's basically going to happen is they're going to mind swap, but here's what happens. The person who's controlling it can put his mind in the body of the other person, but the person who gets replaced goes into the body of the original person, but their mind is wiped. So their personality and everything is the same in a new body, but they don't remember anything. So what happens is (coughs) Victor tricks Tony into sitting in the dupe chair. Victor puts his mind in Tony's body, maintaining his full consciousness. Tony gets put gets put in Victor's body, but remembers nothing. So he did this entirely just to steal Tony Stark's identity. And then what makes it worse is Here, the here's cops. What I, here's what I already yeah. don't get. So does does he have the, like, okay, so 
the the Von Doom we know is in Tony Stark's body. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> that says a lot about comics that that is straightforward. But yeah, the, the, the Victor Von Doom that we know is in Tony Stark's body. Tony Stark is in Victor Von Doom's body, but he thinks he's Victor Von Doom, right? Because yeah, he, he he's put in the Doom right. chair. And he has the mem- so does he have the memories of Victor Von Doom? No, he he knows nothing. And they talk about it. So basically the security guards come in and they see what's going on. Victor, who's in Tony's body, plays it up. He's like, hey, look, he kidnapped me. He did all this stuff. Look, he's stealing all this shit. So what ends up happening is Victor gets deported back to Latveria. He he has nothing. He knows nothing. He's just completely alone. And meanwhile, Tony continues to get, uh, you know, uh, Tony Victor ends up basically living like the best life possible. Um, you know, he actually becomes a doctor and all this other stuff. Uh, Tony, who has no memory who he of his life in Victor's body, becomes an alcoholic. He goes to school, ends up becoming a doctor. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It was it was Tony in Victor's body. Who I, I got a confused a couple times throughout this. Like, like I'm like, wait a minute, who's in whose body again? <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, Tony Tony Doom becomes a great human being, while Victor Tony Victor is just an <laughs> yeah. absolute prick. Doom Tony is a is an asshole, but but de- you know develops Stark Universal Industries and is, is successful, but he's a piece of shit. And Tony Doom <laughs> is Who a great guy. Doom Industries yeah. becomes like this big, amazing philanthropist. <laughs> exactly. So basically, what's up happening is um, evil evil Tony creates his own Iron Man armor, and he knows he's gonna have to go fight Doom because. They're becoming, uh, you know, industry competitors. Meanwhile, what does Tony, what does like, what does good Tony in Victor's body do? He also creates his own Iron Man armor, except it's the Doctor Doom armor. It's based off Lavarian uh, culture. Yeah, they basically so, swapped. Yeah. Like they have the same, well, uh, they have the same armor as their counterparts that whose bodies they're in in the comics, but they change the colors. So like, so Tony doom has an, uh, would you mind taking the rest of this one? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. T- t- Tony doom, um, is, is in his, and is in a doom like outfit with, with the iron man colors with the red and yellow colors while Victor Tony, <laughs> this is so hard. Well, Victor, this is really hard to describe. Well, Victor Tony has a green Iron Man suit. So they basically have. Uh, so, yeah. So you have Dr. Doom in to the recap. Let's start from the beginning. Tony Stark's. No, let me try this again. Victor Von Doom's mind in Tony Stark's body with green Doom colored Iron Man armor. There we go. Then we have Tony Stark in Victor Von Doom's body, not knowing he's not. He's Tony Stark who develops an armor that looks like Von Doom's armor from the comics only in the Iron Man colors. Did I get that all right? I think you did. It's actually way better than it sounds. <laughs> I promise you it works out on page. Yeah. And essentially these two uh, end up battling each other. And uh, I think during this battle is when Tony Doom figure, figures out what happened. Or I think Doom actually just re- reveals it to him. Is that right? In kind of a, a classic uh, classic villain reveal. Um, but uh, let's see. Do-do-do. How did he defeat him? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is right. This is right. He was about to take out... Okay, Victor Tony is about to take out, uh, but no. See, it's so hard what to call them. 
Tony Doom is bad a Iron Man. Okay. Bad Iron Man. Yeah, that's actually easier. Yeah. Good Doctor Doom is about to take out bad Iron Man when uh, and, and he says, you know, you're done. You've lost. What could you possibly have to trade? He's like, I'll, I'll trade. Uh, I'll, let me start the scene again. Bad Iron Man <laughs> is down for the count. Uh, he's had like, a, you know, he got blasted away. Um, and then he, uh, he proposes to good Dr. Doom. What if I propose a bargain, something in exchange for my freedom? And good Dr. Doom says, you're done. You've lost. What could you possibly have to trade? Bad Tony. Bad Iron Man says merely your life. You see you are Tony Stark. And he, he reveals to him, he's like, you remember that experiment in college? The one that cost you your memory? It was not your doing, but mine. The machine I tricked you into using switched our minds, but that can be corrected. Grant me amnesty, asylum, and I'll testify to the truth. You can have everything back. Stark Universal, your family legacy, your name, whatever you want. And to, and good Dr. Doom, who is original Tony Stark, says, name? The world has come to associate Tony Stark with greed, cruelty, lust for power. You think I covet that? No, you you will pay for the pain you've caused and not because of who you were, but because of who I am. I am Victor Von Doom and Dr. Doom is an honorable man. The end. That's a, that's a great way to end it. That was a great way to end it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really confusing to describe because you always have to tell you which person's in which body or say good Iron Man, bad Doom. But that aside, this is pretty entertaining. It's a pretty good one. I, uh, I liked the artwork. It wasn't full homage. It was, uh, you know, art deco reminiscent so i'm gonna actually say maybe it's a 3.5 um then for the story i mean it has it has everything i kind of want in it i'm actually gonna give this one a four so it's actually wow. gonna get a 7.5 from me wow highest rated one yet but um yeah i i didn't love the art as much as you did i think i like the art on the um the and co- on the previous issue the, the much better and uh, i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give the art a three it's decent i don't love it and I'm going to give the writing. I can't go as high as you, but I'll go a 3.5. I think it's a pretty pretty good self-contained story. That's solid. Yeah, yeah. that's solid. 6.5. Not quite. So this is a conflict. This is a, a divide we have. So you, what were you at? 7.5? I was, yeah, 7.5. You're at 6.5. So same this thing. is... Same, score, same overall score yeah. as the Surfer, where we gave a 7 each. So the Infinity Gauntlet, what if the surfer, Silver Surfer had, got, had captured the Infinity Gauntlet and this... Demon of demon in an armor. This is like what you said. This is just what if Iron Man demon in an armor number one. It's just a number one. Yeah, like it past two thousand five. You're just gonna get issue ones of what ifs. You're not gonna get a full series again. Very weird. Very weird. I want what if the series to come back, but it, it kept. It always would go away and come back and go away. So maybe they just said enough of that. Let's just do it when we feel like it, and that's it. Now, that's why I'm happy about the the TV series that's gonna be coming to Disney Plus. Like now we'll actually that'll probably be the best way to get a lot of new what if stories. Yeah, that, I'm really excited about that one. That looks like we're going to see from the previews. We're going to see at least a a, a um, Cap Wolf, Wolf Cap, Cap Captain America as a uh, as a werewolf, which is always exciting. we're going to get Chadwick Boseman's last performance. Yeah, that's and right. a return from uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, so that's supposed to come out this summer. I feel like I'm just a commercial for Disney Plus at this point because I'm. I'm all in on WandaVision and they've got me. They've got me hooked because they've they've clearly really planned this out very wisely. They took a year, basically a year and a half where we get nothing. We were supposed to get Black Widow in here, but we got nothing for a year. But now they've lined it up where if you are 
a nerd like us and you really want to stay in on top of what's happening if you're the kind of person like me like you who is seeing every marvel movie right when it comes out you you they've got you that you can't get out of disney plus because it goes wandavision and then like right when wandavision finishes we start falcon and winter soldier right when falcon winter soldier finishes we start loki and then somewhere in there what if comes out so it's it's over you got me you got me yeah they've just got our money just got just got to be happy with it and be thankful that's happening. I, I just wish we had an affiliate link or something for Disney Plus that people could sign up through, but I don't think that exists. Disney don't need no affiliate links, okay? They got their their marketing pretty fucking down, so they don't. They know us. they have our money. So those are the four issues that uh, we each chose out. We chose two each uh, that we wanted to look at, kind of each from our own eras, so to speak. Um, but now we're gonna look at a different story. Um, this story. Where do I even start with this? So this one was published. This is what if tri- triumphant. Let's put it that way. <laughs> this is what if number 11 from the original series. What if number 11, October 1st, 1978 was published. The, uh, this is penciled by Jack Kirby. So this is a real treat here. We actually get some, some Jack Kirby art, which I don't think we've actually, I don't think we've actually read a story that was penciled so. by Jack Kirby yet. We have not. No. So that's the first for second print. It feels so weird. Weird that it's weird that this is the first Jack Kirby. Yeah, like of all the ones I want to use to highlight him, it's not this one, but here it is. That's definitely the weird part. Um, But yeah, so this is called What If the Marvel, What If the Original Marvel Bullpen Had Become the Fantastic Four? (laughs) Now, I don't even know where to start with this. This is so beyond ridiculous. And this is only like 11 issues into this series where they just decided we're just going to go completely off the rails here. And we're just going to make something so beyond ridiculous that I don't even know how to describe it. But basically we are, we are, we get thrown right into the action uh, where the fantastic four are battling some big gorilla type dude, but these are not the fantastic. They, They look similar, but they're not the fantastic four. We know they have similar powers, but it's not the people we know. It's not Reed Richards, who is it's Mr. Not Red Richards. It's not Red Richards. It's not <laughs> it's not Reed Richards. It's not Rudd Richards. Um, it is actually the when they say the Marvel bullpen, we're talking about Stan Lee, like the original Marvel Comics creators, Stan Lee, uh Jack Kirby, who is the thing. Uh da 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 da. da. Let's see. It's actually okay. Yeah, Mister Fantastic is Stanley. Uh, Sal Brodsky. He's the Marvel VP, and he was Stan's second in command. He is the Human Torch. Jack Kirby is the Thing, and then in this reality, the Invisible Girl is Marvel Comics secretary at the time, Flo Steinberg, better known under the sobriquet. I've never seen the word sobriquet used before, but I guess it's another word for pseudonym. Fabulous flow. This is the Fantastic Four. Remzo, what do you think they were? This is this is like fanfic. Man, I gotta say, I love Jack Kirby <laughs> as a thing. Oh, they amazing. give him the it's freaking great. cigar and everything. Mm-hmm. They even give him the eyebrows. I just noticed that. Yeah, and and Stan, I mean Jack Kirby got to draw himself as the thing. So of course it's going to be thing accurate as the first person to draw the thing, and Kirby accurate. And it seems to kind of somehow he really got it down where it. It looks like the thing, and it looks like Jack Kirby. I mean, it, it's it's pretty impressive. But this is Jack Kirby, of course, it's impressive. This version of Owatu looks like Homer Simpson, though. Yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is Fat Uatu. I don't like oh, this one's even weirder though. His head is longer. This is like Down Syndrome Owatu. 
<laughs> Every Uatu has its his own little quirks, as we've noticed. Um, but I I don't know if I even want to describe the story. It's a weird story. We kind of get their uh, their origin is similar. It comes from these these cosmic rays. I guess like some device was sent to the Marvel Comics office in this reality, and it, it like blasted them with cosmic rays and turned them similarly into the Fantastic Four. So New York's least hazardous terrorist attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she says, what's in the box? Well, this. What does she mean, Jack? She means that nobody's invented a name for this thing. Maybe it's a radio. No, it's something else. This is Jack Kirby talking. And since you mentioned that fantasy crowd, I'm getting some mighty unpleasant thoughts. <laughs> what? Fantasy. That's what the note was about. How did you ever guess it? So it's a fa- It's like a fantasy machine. So I guess it's turning. The- okay, so I think the idea is that it's turn. These are the writers and creators behind Marvel, behind the real Fantastic Four. So this ray, this these rays are are turning them into their fantasy versions of themselves, which are, I guess, the Fantastic Four. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or something. What is more more ridiculous about this episode, about this issue, uh, than the actual plot and the fact that it even exists? It, it's just this whole thing is like... <laughs> You cannot, they cannot have published this today. This is like, no, Stan Lee is being, is like such a misogynist uh, about flow. Like, like just like the, um, the way he talks to her, the way he talks to his secretary. You can't be a superhero. You're a girl. I shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. You're a girl flow. It's like, I'm not, I'm not laughing at the misogyny for our female listeners out there. I want to be very clear about this. I'm laughing at the fact that this is created and printed and existed. And no one saw a problem with this kind of thing back then that Marvel Disney decided to digitize this for all of history <laughs> Whoopi goldberg is going to introduce this with a warning with with a with a uh what's it called a trigger warning trigger on it. warning yeah for uh because uh yeah it, this this would this would not really go over nowadays um but yeah and, and there's this whole side plot with these there's they're referencing all these people like the s-men and who who the s-men are and it turns out the s-men are the scrolls the shape-shifting scrolls uh there there's a whole thing where they team up with namor or they battle namor they team up with namor it's all flo quite wants confusing. to screw namor flo of course wants to screw namor as invisible girls tend to do um yeah but at, at the end of the day this is this is really nothing like my 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 notes are very sparse uh, for this entire episode, really. But for this issue specifically, um, I have like four lines of notes. Ape Man is Dr. Moreau is one of the things because th- that's the whole mystery of this thing there. There's this ape man they were battling and it turns out it was this Dr. Moreau guy who I think might be the guy that sent them the thing that turned them into the Fantastic Four. The S-Men are scrolls. But my biggest note, my my summary of this episode, I wrote Honestly, this shit is insane. That that was my that was my big note. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. So that's what's happening here. I I, I wish I could further describe like this is one I'm going to say. I, I don't know how I'm going to rate this, but on terms of if you should read it or not, this is a 10. Like you need to read. Everyone should read this just because it's such a. OK, well, I didn't see that coming. Such well, a, OK, no, I'm not. Like, ranking, if, you want, if you want to put it in the category, of I'm not ranking after, it a 10. OK, I'm not okay. ranking it a 10 under second print rankings. But I'm giving it my highest recommendation that you should read it because it's it's just such an anomaly. It's such a weird thing. It's such a strange thing that exists. You will become a better fan by having understood that it exists and why. Yes, this will help your fanhood. This will be something that you can tell your children and your grandchildren that you read when you heard it on the Second Print Comics podcast, which, of course, they will all be listening to um, and, and be subscribers to on Patreon, patreon.com slash Second Print Pod. Help the Renzo Recovery Fund, my friends. Um 
let's see. How does this thing end? This thing ends where they say, yeah, they they are still the uh, they're they're still the Fantastic Four. Yeah, uh, he's like, wow. And and Flo says, um, well, basically to sum up the issue, is I'll, I'll give you this last panel. Um, she said, you know, Stan says, of course that doesn't solve our problem. We still have to regain our former stability because they don't want to be they don't want to be um, they the, they defeat they defeat this Doctor Moreau, this ape man, and and the skulls. And then uh, Namor says, well, be thankful for what we all accomplished here. And then Jack Kirby thing says, besides, we've learned who the people are and then Flo says you can hardly expect the, the, the scrolls to help us they're so cruel and then uh saul says then we'll help ourselves to keep to their best kept secret mastery of the cosmic ray this is so <laughs> this is this so is good. i want to know whose idea this actually was this had to come from stanley oh absolutely when namor is the most polite gentleman <laughs> in the story <laughs> You know, what do you think Flo thought of this issue? Man, I don't get paid enough for this shit. <laughs> if you think Remzo should get paid more to read this stuff, patreon.com slash second print pod is the place you should go for that. Um, Survive the coof just to come back to you. All right, let's let's try to uh, to rate this thing while you're still hanging on here. I'm not actually giving it a ten. I'm just uh, saying I'm just saying if you have Marvel Unlimited, go read this thing. You're gonna you're not gonna regret it. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. If I'm gonna, I don't know how I can rate this as a serious comic because it's I mean as serious as comic to be. This is really far away from that. Um, I'll give the art though. We got Jack Kirby here. Now this is not Jack Kirby's finest work necessarily. This is him when he was kind of out the door yeah so to speak yeah he's kind of i think he is kind of on his way out to marvel at this point but um so i, I can't say this is like a five or anything in the art just because it's jab kirby i would probably still give the art like if i'm to be honest like a 3.5 this is not like vintage vintage detailed kirby stuff um but it's decent and i gotta give him at least a three five since he got he really nailed himself as the thing um seeing the thing with the cigar in its mouth is awesome it is and I'm not sure how to write the writing on this. I really don't. You know what's interesting about this, too? There's no writer credited. There's no writer. To, this, this is not Who written. Who wants to take the credit for this one? The story was shit. <laughs> the story I mean, it's garbage. like it's like mystery science theater bad. Good. Yeah. Good it, bad. It's, it's almost like they must have intended this to be bad. So bad. It's good. It's so weird. It's cool. So, so dumb. It's good. So dumb. It's interesting. I, I don't know. I'll make it easy for you, Mark. I'm giving the art a three. I'm giving the story a three. I'm giving it a solid six. Okay. I think people need to read it. I'm going to give the art a 3.5 and I'm going to give the story a 2.5 to get to the same score. So yeah. Wow. I, I think you should read it <laughs> just so I feel a little bit different. I think you should read it. I think of everything we we read today, I would say this. I think we probably both agree the the two actual best issues are the Silver Surfer issue and the um, the Iron Man uh, demon of a demon in armor. So I, I would really truly recommend reading those. The other two, eh, Cosmonauts is okay. I recommend reading it. I, I would really leave the Wolverine one on the floor. It's really not worth reading. But this one... I think everything everyone should read it like this one might be the one I would say if you only are going to read one read this one because it's such an anomaly if you're going to read whatever you want then then read you know this and the and the surfer and the Iron Man story yeah but I mean that's what I love about all this all these stories whether they're really really good or really really bad they're all really entertaining they're all for fun. the most part even when they're yeah. bad they're fun like in, in a comedic way like that's what I love about this series it can even when it's bad it's good Exactly. It's like a. It's like watching Samurai Cop. 
Indeed, indeed. So that does it for this week. Uh, Remzo, I'm, I'm not going to keep you on too much longer here. I know you've uh, you've struggled your way through this thing valiantly, absolutely valiantly. I am I am going to black out immediately after we're done. Guys, I am not one to beg. We like to toss out the Patreon. It, it, it funds this show. It makes us not have to sweat too much. Um, we put all the money that we get back into the show. We have some ad campaigns we're buying throughout this year. Uh, we're not just pocketing this stuff. We purchased those ads uh, for, on, on Weird Science. So we're, we're putting in the the effort to grow this thing. We don't just want to talk to ourselves. We want to, and, and not just to you. We want to talk to you guys and like thousands and thousands of more people over the years here. So that's our goal is to really grow this show. So if you want to help us do that, if you want to help with the Remzo Recovery Fund, fund head over to patreon.com slash secondprintpod. That is the word second, not the number, secondprintpod. Of course, as always, follow us on the Instagrams, on the Twitter, at secondprintpod. And if you don't want to toss us some of your chump change, that's okay. But if you could leave us a five-star rating and a great review on iTunes, that's huge. That helps us get in, uh, into all the podcast feeds to come up in the searches, helps with all those algorithms out there. That costs you nothing. So if nothing else, for the fact that this man, Ramzo Martinez, has valiantly battled the bat flu through this entire episode just so we could talk about some adult fan fiction. I mean, if that's not dedication, my friends, I don't know what is. So please do consider at a minimum, at least tossing us a five-star rating and a great review for our efforts. This man valiantly battling a pandemic to bring you, ironically somewhat, because this the show was birthed in the pandemic and now the pandemic has come back around, but we're surviving the whole thing. Run from it. Dread it. Destiny ultimately finds a way. It finds the way, and we will always find a way to bring you a new episode of the Second Print Comics Podcast each and every Wednesday. It doesn't matter what's going on. We're always going to get it done as evidence right here today. Uh, the only people hurting a little bit in this, the only ones taking a hit, our patrons are probably not going to get an early release of this one because we're recording this about you know 10 hours or so before it actually uh, releases, and I still have to edit the darn thing. So this, this, these might be the only ones taking a hit this week are our patrons who I know understand. Luckily for them, they're getting two episodes today because they're also getting the WandaVision recap uh, that I did with our good friend Dan Smott. So be sure to check that out. Uh, what started as an instant reaction 10-minute thing has turned into a, a whole weekly uh, another show here we're getting for the patrons. So if you want to hear my WandaVision recaps with Dan Smots from The System Is Down, again, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. Until next time, guys, that's absolutely all I've got. All I will leave right now are to encourage you all to continue to read comics change the world. Remzo, can you at least... Good night, America. Thank you very much. Adios. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 